Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. I know y'all have other things that you could do, and so um, I'm very grateful to spend a little bit of time with you. Hopefully it helps you some, gives you some tools for your toolbox, and hopefully it helps our country, even if just a little bit. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, to help it to grow, to tell others about it, thank you so much. Um, I'm very grateful for that and for y'all. Got a little work done in the yard with the girls. Had to pick up some branches. Actually down at Grandpa's recently. We lost a lot during freezes last winter that still needed to be taken care of. And a little of this, a little of that. The chickens, interestingly enough, for those of y'all that are interested, are not laying. And I don't know if the puppy is getting to the eggs before we are, or if they are laying in different areas, or if it's just too hot right now and they're stressed out. But we actually had to buy eggs from a store the other day, which when you have a half dozen plus chickens, more than that. That's kind of, I don't want to say shameful, but it is, it's quite disturbing. At any rate. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you and your son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love, your mercy, your forgiveness. Watch over those, Father, today and each day, please, that are hurting and alone, that are scared, that feel abandoned. Especially those, well, men, women, and children, those vulnerable least of these that that can't figure out why the things are happening in their life that are happening. Help those of us that you have blessed with resources to look to the needs of others, to care for those who can't care for themselves protect themselves. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So, <clears throat> I stumbled across this. I don't even know who this guy is. Some of y'all may. It was uh, an account posted by an actor, no less, on Twitter. And I wanted to read through it 
in light of going through July 4th recently and just the fact that we need to this I'm not going to say this well folks but hopefully it'll translate we spend so much time on unimportant things and we spend so little time these days on important things and that's got to change it's not that we don't have enough to do we have plenty to do we don't need to be entertained constantly the newest movie the newest tv show the newest book the newest workout the newest fad on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. We have plenty to do. We're just not doing it. We're not focused on God. We're not focused on raising up our children, teaching them our history and heritage, the greatness of this nation. We're not focused on caring for the least of these. And I'm talking to myself here too, folks. I'm not not just trying to hammer other people. We get up as a society more days than not. And our first thought, far from being about God or our spouse or our children even, is what can I do for myself? What does today hold for me? What about me today? And even if we do manage to think about those other people, even even those that do a really good job, how often is our attitude begrudging? How often is our attitude frustrated and I don't want to do this. I'm going to do it. It's almost like we're like a martyr. Well, this is the last thing in the world I want to do today. God, spend time with you or can't believe my spouse wants to do that today, but okay, I'm going to do it because I'm such a good person. Or, oh my gosh, my kids are bothering me for the thousandth time today to play. I'm going to do it, but I don't want to. How many of us had that attitude? And, 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 and sadly, uh, and there's two different ways this can go. One, we give, we, we, we don't have that attitude with almost total strangers with our boss at work, coworkers, strangers, friends, you know, they want to do something and we'll go completely out of our way to do it. But the people in our life that we're supposed to love the most, them, we just give the leftovers, right? So that that's one way. Or the other way is not only do we have a bad attitude about those right in our little circle, we don't even think about those people on the edges of our circle that are suffering, much less do anything to help them, to care for the widow and the orphan, the poor and the needy. So, in lieu of all that, I got a little off. We're gonna read this. This is written by Michael Smith, who I I don't know. And this is a commentary on the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Because today you hear all this systemic racism, bigotry, right? America's horrible. It was created by slave owners who were just rich men that were fighting against taxes. Uh, They didn't care about women. They didn't care about blacks. Uh, They just wanted money. 
They wanted to get rid of their taxes and everything turned out perfectly for them. They didn't have to sacrifice anything. And uh, they, you know, they got to lord it over everybody, et cetera, et cetera. The comments get far worse than that. But in lieu of time, I'm going to leave you with that. Have you ever wondered what happened to the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence? Five signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons in the Revolutionary Army. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. These men signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. What kind of men were they? 24 were lawyers and jurists. 11 were merchants. 9 were farmers and large plantation owners. Men of means, well-educated. But they signed the Declaration of Independence knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were captured. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planner and trader, saw his ships swept from the seas by the British Navy. He sold his home and properties to pay his debts and died in rags. Thomas McKean was so hounded by the British that he was forced to move his family almost constantly. He served in the Congress without pay and his family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him and poverty was his reward. Vandals or soldiers or both looted the properties of Ellery, Clymer, Hall, Walton, Gwinnett, Hayward, Rutledge, Middleton. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson Jr. noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over the Nelson home for his headquarters. The owner quietly urged General George Washington to open fire. The home was destroyed, and Nelson died bankrupt. Francis Lewis had his home and his properties destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife, and she died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields and his gristmill were laid to waste. For more than a year, he lived in forests and caves, returning home to find his wife dead and his children vanished. A few weeks later, he died from exhaustion and a broken heart. Norris and Livingston suffered similar fates. Such were the stories and sacrifices of the American Revolution. These were not wild-eyed, rabble-rousing ruffians. They were soft-spoken men of means and education. They had security, but they valued liberty more. 
standing tall, straight, and unwavering. They pledged for the support of this declaration with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. I've got one more quote by John Adams, but I I saw a little, I don't know, meme or quote or something recently, and it was ostensibly advice from a pastor or maybe not a pastor, I don't remember, maybe it was advice from a older woman to a younger married woman. And the younger married woman was very frustrated with her husband, frustrated with all the mistakes he made and what she saw as his shortcomings and, and failings and and the problems that they were having, whatever they were, I don't know, emotionally, physically, financially, kids. And the older woman's advice or the pastor's advice, whichever it was, said, well, if you're going to blame your husband for all the problems, you better give him credit for all the good stuff too. This was certainly the way that the Marine Corps was run when I was in, although it's been a few years. And they seem to have changed a lot. I don't know if this has changed. But the CO was ultimately responsible for that unit. We're not going to have time for that John Adams quote. We'll, we'll try and get to it tomorrow. But the CO was, I think we had a president, president who didn't actually abide by this, but said it. And it's true, the buck stops here within the last 15 or 20 years. And that was, that was the way it was. And so if something went wrong in that unit, even if it really wasn't the CO's fault, it was his responsibility. But at the same time, if the unit did something well, he got the credit. So these men that we like to, well, that the left likes to castigate as horrible, evil men, because really just of one facet of their lives, right? But but you could you could expand that because each of these men were not perfect. But if we're going to blame them and harass them and attack their legacy and their memory for what we perceive today and the safety of our homes and couches on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else, if we're going to attack these men we sure as heck better give them credit for all the things that they did well and suffered through. And when you look at the balance at the end of the day, folks, you're going to see that their balance sheet, for our nation at least, was overwhelmingly, unbelievably in the positive. And it's very doubtful that the vast majority of citizens today could even come remotely close to what they did to provide liberty and freedom for tens of millions in our nation and and countless others across the world. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.